Everyone and welcome to this. What day is it? It's, it's a Thursday. It's the free one. Thank you for answering the not implicit question, quite explicitly asked yeah. question. Well, actually, last time accidentally we said it was the free one, and actually it was the bonus. Yeah. Which thank God we didn't do it the other way around because we cannot let people who aren't paying hear the bonus voice. Uh, no, 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 they would. They, I mean, they would die. That. Their ears yeah. would explode. The, av- mm. the average Victorian peasant child would be killed mm. instantly by a single phoneme of bonus voice. That is correct. Yeah, it's it's a lot like um, it's the trash future version of like you can you can pirate stuff from the Patreon. There are people who help you do that, but the bonus voice is kind of like those dye packs they used to have in the labels on um on clothes <laughs> in like River Island, yeah. where if you took it outside the store and you tried to take it off, it would like explode dye all over your so, new. So you're uh, suggesting jumper that if you're like New York on it or whatever. This <laughs> podcast this is protected yeah. by smart water. Mm, yeah. Correct. So you're suggesting that if We're you're like drinking it, you're sitting, you're sitting on the bus, right? If you see someone across from you, if their head explodes mm. like that guy in Scanners, you yeah. know that you were sitting across from a fellow TF listener. <laughs> yeah, but a thief, a thief, <laughs> yeah, most yeah. Yeah. yeah, a damn dirty thief. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's it's Riley Hussein, Milo and Alice. Mm. And speaking of thieves, mm. I've decided mm. apropos of nothing that we're well apropos of finding out some Dave Courtney related information. We're we're going to start with a Dave Courtney update. Okay, great. We love to update ourselves on Dave Courtney, now, Bermondsey boy. Now, Milo, you know what it is because you've seen my computer screen. Alice, you have no idea what the I, Dave Courtney update is going, going to be. in completely mm. blind. It could be almost anything. Dave Courtney has has deployed to the Taiwan Strait. I have no clue. Okay. Oh yeah, there was that time you went to the Donbass. Whatever he happened did. about that? Because I think he actually went. Like, I don't think he yeah. was lying. I think he did go. Yeah. Well, he, he went to, like, I think, give the Russians a clump or something. Yeah, handed out some cans to the lads out like, of the like, back of a van. And, yeah. Like, the Atlantic Council's very own Dave Courtney. Handing out, like, cans of Stella to the Azov Battalion. They're just like, what is this? Tastes like piss. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, okay, so, uh, Alice, I yes. want you to do me a little favor. And I want okay. you to actually try to guess what the thing could possibly be. That Dave Ooh. Courtney did sort of just before he was married. Um, uh, that 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 has now had an article written about it. Just before he was married, it raises the horrifying specter of Dave Courtney's stag night, which is sort of a I'm picturing sort of a six star GTA wanted level event. <laughs> I, yeah, like, there's a helicopter <laughs> following him. Yeah, for yeah, my the, the the army put on standby yeah. outside Peccadillo's like in Milford's. Yeah, yeah for, for yeah. my stag do, I've somehow gotten an Imperial Guard Lehman Russ that'll be driving through the center of London. <laughs> uh, no. No, it is. It, it is. Check this out. Ahem. This is the he- this is the strap line uh, of the article. It's from the Daily Star, which I think adds a lot of colours to this. Dave Courtney mm. was once a notorious figure on London streets, managing nightclubs and associating with the Cray Twins. But alongside this work, the ex-gangster even starred in one adult film. Incredible. I mean... <sighs> Villain starred in in porn film after forty five minute AIDS test, then shagged any bird he wanted. <laughs> They've starred out like the shagged part. Was he like in, was he like a side character, like in certain porn films where you have the um 
You have like it, it an, sounds an like it wasn't a, a cameo. Story, like he was before, fucking. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. He, he was having sex in the porn. Oh, I see. Okay, he, that's good. Or was he not? It's funnier if actually he wasn't having sex on camera, but like as a reward, they just that was like his payment. <laughs> like you just yeah, just like fuck away. kind. Yeah, yeah. You could as you as a reward for having like a walk-on role where you're a it's, side. It's gag. like a story yeah. you would make up. It's like yeah, no, I I, I starred in a porn for the acting, yeah. but I was so good <laughs> at it that all of the women just had sex with me after not in a porn related yeah. context. They said, they said sorry mate no professionals uh, like, I'm not professional like, well you should be <laughs> when I was in uni there was a porn company that were looking for like that this was like around about the time I mean I say around about the time as if like I know a lot about porn but um they wanted to sort of do like cinematic or like right, at least yeah. sort of like more you know porn that you would sort of be willing to pay for being directed um, by a Swedish woman. Um, you well, know. it was actually like the, the company was uh, run by a woman. And like, aggressive. So their thing was like, oh, we want to like make porn that people actually want to, you know, it's not just like stuff to be off to, but it's more mm. of like, you know, you get a little story before you jack shit, up. That shit has um, never, it, that's been and, tried infinity yeah. times. It's never and, once worked. And so they invited like, it turns out people were just beating off to it. <laughs> they, <laughs> what? They invited like writers to sort of like mm. write scripts for like, Porn, like you know, just trial ones, mm. and I just remember being, yeah, I tried to do it. I didn't obviously, I didn't get through, but definitely one of the challenges of what would, um, how how would you sort of frame a story, and in terms of like your side characters, your NPCs, and everything, what would they actually say? Like, what mm. would they be doing? Uh, well, and I in mean, my there's, world, a, yeah. there's an obvious answer to that, which is. Uh... Uh, shut the fuck up before I come back here and slap <laughs> so, your You say you just said a phrase that I think is making every listener say. To us collectively, don't you fucking dare get sidetracked. Finish the sentence uh, that started with "in my one." Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to look for like my sample porn script for a really long time, and I haven't been able to find it. But I definitely so in my one, it took place in a restaurant, and the story was was that a guy, mm. a girl, was going to give a guy a blowjob in the restaurant uh, bathroom, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. um, so, so far, it's like the Stanley Tucci film Big Night. Sure, I've never seen it, but why not? Same with Stanley Tucci. Uh, yeah, I yeah, fuck. Um, and uh, yeah, I spent. I wrote three pages of dialogue in which uh, the guy who was about to get sucked off by um, the uh, the door by the restaurant owner's daughter was having an ar- was having an argument over um, being given like the wrong type of burger. Uh huh. Uh, I'm being right, overcharged yeah. for it because since there's no way to been... give you a refund, there's only we have to settle this the old-fashioned way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. The, the till literally is programmed that we can't give you a refund, but in this universe, there are such strong consumer protections. It's, it's cool. Well, kind of actually, the story was kind. It was like I can't give you a refund, but I can give you something else. It was a line that I literally wrote uh-huh. in this sample porn script, but did not make it. Um, and prevented me from having a career as a uh, as a writer for Vixen Video in LA. I think it says a lot about like the alienation of labor in our society. <laughs> the porn industry was robbed. You know, they didn't know what they were what they were missing Look, out on. Well, one day, yeah. if I do find my porn script, one day maybe we can do it as like paywall content. Alternate uh, universe where Hussein is a guy wearing like a satin shirt that's like oh, yeah. buttoned down to the belly button, like yeah. big medallion. He's smoking yeah, a cigar. By the he pool. does have a podcast, but it's very different. Yeah, I'd be living uh, in LA, and I, yeah, I'd be like one of those sort. Of, yeah, it, it'd be like. 
I'd have I'd be best friends with Logan Paul. It would you'd be have, sick. You'd have you'd have a company that would be called something like uh, Intelligent Digital Limited or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that you yeah, used to build sure. all of this. <laughs> but <laughs> you say a podcast. I wanted to add this though. All of this came out on a podcast because like half of what British like a certain type of British media now is is just looking for celebrities to do stuff or, or micro celebrities to do stuff or post stuff or go on podcasts and then report what they have said and done. Um, and so they're just basically quoting Dave Courtney going on a podcast called um, The Eventful Entrepreneur. <laughs> Sorry, that's a Riley screen name. That can't be a real podcast. Yeah. yeah. The gangster set the scene by describing how, be wor- how he'd been working as a security guard for people starring in, quote, a blue film when he became mm. friendly with yeah, the, the man at <laughs> a porn production company. I was going... Sorry. Could you do this in his the voice, please? Picture. <laughs> it's a picture of him posing next to a movie poster that says, Dave Courtney in hell to pay, coming soon. It's like him in a trench coat in front of a burned out car. And he's posing in front of it in like a, a blue velvet jacket with like a bejeweled uh, knuckle duster on, just kind of like doing a kind of slanty smile. Dude's rock. I was going, wow, man, I'd love to make a blue scene. He went, you want to make a blue film, man? It's the easiest fucking thing in the world. Go over there and get an AIDS test. <laughs> and in 45 minutes, you can come back here and you'll be shagging whatever bird you want for the next hour and a half. I like the idea that there's, there is some kind of time limit here. But then it's like, but then an hour and a half, you'll turn back into regular old Dave <laughs> Courtney and you'll have to go home. Yeah, it says, and, and basically the, the premise was, I'm like, look, we're only going to show this on hotel room channels in America, so no one will know you've done a porn. So, the que- and the thing is, it was later revealed to be on Best Western. And I think this is another example of like... Imagine, you do, uh, look, you've yeah. checked into the Best Western, you've paid your $80 or whatever for the night, and you, and you just want to have a non-stressful wank. Mm. Right, so you, you you know it's the nineties. You know you flip over to the to the porn channels on the TV. Yeah. There's no there's no internet porn. You know you've not got that yet, right? You, you know you go you're past looking... the restaurant one. You know, <sighs> yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> you uh, and then you you you, you flip through. And you think, oh, this this porn seems fine. And then what should what should loom into your view? But a kind of Cockney testicle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, attached to a much larger man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't expecting the sort of the like sex positive Dave Courtney here of the the get tested Dave Courtney, uh, mm, which yeah. is the message this implicitly carries. So yeah. you know. So when his partner Jenny spontaneously decided to get married in the U.S., it soon dawned on Dave that it, he could be in for a shock when the couple retired to their hotel room suite. I mean, presumably you wouldn't be like, and now let's scroll the pornography. <laughs> well, Dave Courtney might. Also, this is another thing. I'm just going to throw this hand grenade into the discourse. This means. That Dave Courtney is a sex worker. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Dave Courtney only fans when. Uh, so <laughs> I think this is the mission now. Please, uh, two things actually. Number one, this just highlights the problem of um, media not being stored physically and then being sat on and controlled by chains like Netflix mm, or sure. Amazon or in this case Best Western. That. There's no access. This is like a, a, mm. a forgotten piece of culture. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's an important porn. Like, archival yeah. moment that's now just it's, gone. It's Spencer Confidential too. Uh-huh. The Best Western need to launch their own streaming service so you can watch the full Dave Courtney porno trilogy. <laughs> All right, Best Western, I'm trying to get into your cinematic universe. Uh, look, did we spend much more time on the Dave Courtney thing than I planned? Absolutely. The BWCU. Yeah. Um, mm. 
But you know what? I'm I'm happy we touched on it because we love supporting uh, sex was, workers. Yeah. Is what, is yeah, what it is. Absolutely. We're, we're, bust Weston is that? Yeah, right? that's that. A lot yeah, of that's fine. Uh, look, I, I we have some stuff to talk about. We have some tech stuff, some news stuff, some politics, well, that's and finally a reading mix for us. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Um, I love describing it as a reading. It makes it sound like we're going to do some psalms. Or <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. This one's look. from Corinthians two eleven. <laughs> look, 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 look. Legs, yeah. legs, legs. They're here. Ah, I was ah. wondering why you were just shouting legs. Yeah. Okay. Hussein <laughs> speaking for the listener, as ever. <laughs> At long last, it truly is leg day, because yeah. Mark Zuckerberg yeah. has invented a new thing this time. That would have been a better way of selling it. Yeah. I feel like that, yeah, it feels... Uh, In- instead of, God, instead everything of ha- having, annoys me. having invented mm. a website to rate which of your Harvard classmates you thought were hot, and sort of coasted yeah. on that for a while, to be honest, he has mm. now invented a second thing, and that second thing is legs. <laughs> That's right. Well, no one had legs until Mark Zuckerberg That's came right. along. He's crawling around. That's how he got so rich, because every time you walk around, you actually have to pay a small royalty to Mark Zuckerberg. It's collected through council tax. He looked at all the... I assume he looked at all the kind of, like, critiques of uh, the metaverse and, you know, all, this, all the stuff that we've spoken about on this show. Mm. about Where we called it, like, a jacked-up not... Habbo Hotel, uh, right. PlayStation Home, but worse, things mm. of this nature. Just like things that don't work, like why have a hotel, but you can watch the day you know, court in porn. You, you, you can like just be in like a meeting where everyone is pastel and virtual. And mm-hmm. his thing was like the way to make this better is to include legs. Yeah, people don't uh, have enough pants. Well, because the I thing is, whole- the thing is, he, he's like curiously vulnerable psychologically on this metaverse thing because he's spent a lot of time and money on it and has announced each thing very grandly and clearly reads the tweets that come out in response to it, which all say, you know, this is shit, why don't you have any legs? Why, mm. why do you look like a PlayStation Home character? Why do you look like an Amiibo? Like, I'll show them. Yeah, exactly. And he's just going through them one by one. So we've we've ticked legs off now. Now they have legs. Yeah, it, it, now he's got to make it look not fucked up. That's yeah. the key. I'm I'm looking at the picture on Riley's laptop here, and it, it looks like an incredibly shit version of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> 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 Just the way that they're stood opposite each other. Have you have I mean, you ever seen the video of Mark Zuckerberg throwing spears at a target? A thing which he has legitimately oh, yes, done. Absolutely. That's his move set, you know, for metaverse combat. Combat? Com- yeah. Combat. Yeah. Combat. Yeah, combat. It's Delbert's combat setting. Change name of group chat to Combat. As the, the metaverse as it is conceived by Mark Zuckerberg, and even then, like mm. what he's designed is just progressively better looking offices, but we're sort of at the early... The, we're at the... the, the the Nintendo yeah. Me Wii mm, stage. Yeah, yeah this uh, office has artwork on the wall yeah. in the metaverse. I mean, again, how many? Uh, I would, can someone get Baudrillard. Tell me how many layers of simulation that is. No, oh, I mean, oh, he, need to, he throws up his hands at this point. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we need uh, to get one of the online lefty PhD people. So, we're not going to do that. So uh, basically, uh, yeah, we we have we have legs, uh, which is mm. uh, but we it's. This idea has yeah. got legs. Thank you very much. <laughs> What's very mm. funny also is that the, is that they've sort of quietly seem to have ditched um, one big element of the metaverse, yeah. which is that it's those a, are gone now. Yeah, is it the compulsory AIDS test? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's crypto. Oh, it's the uh, the because like the, I don't know if you saw this, but a uh, Decentraland, uh, a metaverse game that we've talked about before, that a lot of people did real estate speculation in for some reason. Um, oh, is that worthless? There's now? been a re- 
Really putting the land into Decentraland. Well, there's a report that's been released that they have a grand total of 32 active users Ooh. for a multi-billion dollar... That's a, that's a lot. That's, that's about 32 more than I would have expected. <laughs> well, these are... How many people were on Quibi? When they, like, oh, thousands, up? I assume. Okay, okay some, so some thousands. Right. I tell you what, Hussein, I'd still be on there if they'd let me. <laughs> there was a lot of content on there that I wanted to watch. In portrait mode on the toilet, yeah. yeah That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, not enough, not enough shows have an incentive to switch your phone from portrait to landscape throughout. Sorry. If they'd have put the Dave Courtney porno on Quibi, <laughs> it could have been a different story. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You'd have to consume uh, it in like little seven-minute segments is the problem. Turn turn to landscape mode now to get a better view of me railing this brass. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get a wide-angle <laughs> shot of my ass. <laughs> If you <laughs> rotate your device now, <laughs> to show him in the him in the hot tub, uh, Camelot Castle, <laughs> beautiful. Anyway, so the, the the metaverse has finally delivered what people have been crying out for: his legs. Mm -hmm. But also, um, they've moved away from like the crypto thing of trying to have a, a sort of persistent economy because it turns out that that whole feature of this. Uh, low interest rate fueled speculation in a very stupid future was colliding with the other version of a very low interest rate fueled speculation in a very stupid future. Like they were trying to do both things that have now collapsed as having an economic basis. It's given me an idea for a podcast called Stupid Future. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you signed a. Oh, you didn't sign anything. Quickly sign <laughs> oh, something. <fuck>. <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah. uh, but what's also very amusing, right, is that if you look at Meta, what they're talking about is oh, yeah, we've. So we've spent $2.8 billion developing this thing, but we've already sold $1.5 billion worth of apps for oh. like our Quest headset. That's a lot of apps. But the thing is, you ask yourself, who's actually buying these? And it's large corporate clients. Is, is it, how much huh. of that is Meta itself? Like, yeah, well, it's, it's that. It's, it's, there are a lot of other big companies are doing it as well. But also, like, you can know that no one's actually using it because Meta has an internal... Uh, metric, which is how much are people using the metaverse to meet? Like, how many people are sitting around a meeting room, a meeting room desk with metaverse uh, headsets on, meeting, having their meeting in like, I don't know, like uh, on the surface of the sun or on like a little island or in a conference room in oh, another they town? They can't go around meeting on little islands yeah. anymore. Right? <laughs> no, no, that's they really ruined that one. Yeah, um, yeah but it, it, so there, there's a metric for that. Uh, this is this is a memo, uh, a leaked memo from Meta. Uh, employees were found to not be using the metaverse enough. <laughs> right. it's just Nick Clegg in there on his own. He's oh. he's chained to a table in the metaverse. <laughs> no. He can't leave. <laughs> after his latest, uh, after his latest misadventure, uh, possibly, mm. uh, which we'll go into. Um, but then they they said that there was a plan that was being made to quote hold managers accountable for ensuring their teams use Horizon at least once a week. You have to use Every our shitty product that you are developing at least mm -hmm. once a week, or else. Th this sounds a lot like uh, you know when you're in like one of those like disaster video games and you pick up like a, a shredded page of a diary in the corner yeah. of a bunker somewhere yeah, and more it's environmental like directive employees to use Horizon at least once per week. <laughs> <laughs> There's like um, another audio log down the corridor that's like a harried sounding scientist being like, "I've got some concerns about the Horizon project." 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it turns out it was. Uh, it, it turns out that actually all of this like kind of blocky 2003 looking graphics. It turns out this is all the stuff that it takes to open the portal in Event Horizon. Yeah, and we're all going to be taken to hell by Lawrence Fisher. Yeah, and then you pick up another audio log, which is a guy going, "Come here, you <laughs> slag." <laughs> the thing is, having legs is a gateway to having way too many legs, which is you yeah. know. Uh, yeah. the, it's a gateway mm. to having eyes in your hand. Yeah, things of this nature. Oh no. The I'll probably the make big... it more popular though. I guess the thing is very much like if you made it modify your body and stuff, I imagine that it'd be like at least more fun to be around. Yeah, like what I'm all legs. My constant question about like Metaverse stuff is just like you could get people to use it if it just wasn't boring. And the problem is is that like mm. because people use VR and like VR like VR games and stuff are popular and like you know, you can build like dedicated communities on there and like do this if you want to sort of make it popular, you can do that, right? What is very kind of like funny about the Metaverse is really every announcement that it makes that I see is just very clearly that it lacks so much ambition and it's very much, sure. it just sort of seems to be this digital product that's like, well, we still have like a lot of scale and we own a lot of like digital like real estate or whatever infrastructure so like we kind of have to do something with it but like i don't well with zuckerberg it's like i just don't know what it is because with the whole facebook stuff like you know the origin story of just like wanting to be misogynistic online um and like be a creep online like that sells you know like you know it was a very you know obvious thing that worked but but the pitch of of of, of uh, the metaverse is what if those VR apps that are kind of niche as is had all the fun of going to work? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, well, that's well, the thing is, it's American Protestantism being hammed up by itself, right? Where it's kind of like this sort of like, well, mm. we've developed this technology. Obviously, the only like correct application of it would be to to have like a meeting about the stats or whatever. But Whereas the- actually, you know, you know what would get people using this uh, to circle back to what we were talking about earlier? Fucking porn, right? You know what? Yeah. If fucking, you made fucking. a convincing porn version of this, thousands of per- Perverts would be signing up every minute. Well, this is the thing with like VR chat, but also just like gaming, like VR mods mm. and stuff in general. Like the reason why it's so popular is because there's like loads of porn, and you can like give yourself a massive monster mm. dick, and like you know do like all the giant ass shit, and like it's fun, and it's yeah. just like I, I can understand why like people enjoy no, it so it much. Weekend. I should make my porn <laughs> in VR. Just I'm gonna make a note of that. I'll yeah. do like the fed, like the script by in the VR. Way, uh, copyright, by the way, if you're listening, you can't take Hussein's yeah. restaurant <laughs> ideas. It's, it, it, yeah. it's it, it's that Zuckerberg fragility again. What yeah. he's done is he's read the the top comment that's like this is you know shitty. Why do you not have any legs? And gone. I'll give them legs instead of I will give you the ability to fuck every character from Overwatch at yeah, once. And they do need legs, you know. But, you need I mean, they need asses. That's the other thing. That's true. The- it's true. The the, the the ass kind of in many ways the the neck of the legs. <laughs> that's true. But bring it back <laughs> to this, right? The command center is, of the is, legs. It, it, yeah. What we have, right, is we have what I, I think of it, it makes me think of of, of um uh, Mark Fisher's term market Stalinism where mm. it's like you can't where if in this thing that's uh, that is the market, right? There is this, um, this you are forced to participate, and you have to love yeah, it. it. It is a command economy internally of being like you must do this in order to get the numbers up. So it says mm. everyone in this organization should make it their mission to fall in love with Horizon Worlds. <laughs> love it, amazing. Love it. You can't do that without using it. So get in there. Organize times to do it with your colleagues. I don't care or, what you smell. Or more chillingly, I like that this fr- could be about dogging friends. 
organize time to do it with your friends. Hey, does everyone want to have a meeting about the numbers this quarter? I really love that actually deep down this seems to sort of have the DNA of Facebook anyway. Because like if you, mm. I mean, again, I'm, I'm basing this entirely on like the social network film. But if you like understand Facebook, but what as, other sources do we yeah, have? I mean, <laughs> yeah, the documentary, the social network. I, yeah. <laughs> um, with the yeah, with the Trent Reznor music. Um, what uh, <laughs> like the the DNA of it is just sort of being like a bunch of losers who desperately just want to hang out with like the cool guys and girls and stuff. So they kind of build the misogynistic app, which like ends up allowing them to sort of do that in a weird way. And it feels like the metaverse sort of has that kind of like philosophy behind it of like, I desperately want people to hang out with me. But the problem is, is mm. that that only goes as far as like the office. I And I just love the idea of like schedule time with your colleagues and friends, fall, and friends mm. uh, to fall in love with our new product. Um, and yeah, like there's this desperation of like, wanting people to hang out with you because you wouldn't say that about a business park like you wouldn't say that about a normal room where people go to have like an email meeting yeah you wouldn't say that about like video conferencing. i mean kind of really? kind of you would I, I i don't know i've been in a lot of offices where like they desperately try to make the admin stuff like fun right well, um if you want to talk about offices because there's I one more okay. major feature that's being released on Horizon Worlds. Is it like uh, disciplinary mode? Where... No, no, no. Much more, much worse. Uh, <laughs> you just go into the Facebook disciplinary and like, Mark is in like a dungeon, like a virtual dungeon. Mark Zuckerberg's in like a full dominatrix <laughs> kit. Oh, they are bringing porn well, into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Very bad boy. Well, I just wonder whether it's like harassment. It's like, you, so I, so I hear that you hacked, so you hacked the metaverse and gave yourself a monster dick and used it to scare your boss. Um, <laughs> Give me a raise. No, so... Meta has also he forgets he's right now. VR headset is like ah ah. <laughs> Meta has announced, has announced what? I forgot the world wasn't so blocky. Meta has announced a partnership with NBC, and so you're going to be able Great. to you can get like not just visit your office, but you're also going to be able to visit the office from the show The Office. Didn't that show end like <laughs> a decade ago? Well, my, my theory about this is that the last time, like, Mark it was Zuckerberg, the last time any of these people felt joy. Uh, well, it's the mm. last time I think Mark Zuckerberg interacted with, like, you know, like a normal human, you know, like someone yeah. who's not like having the adrenochrome cocktail. And, and, and that, and that normal human was like, what if Steve Carell was here and he had a monster dick and he was fucking all the characters from Overwatch? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, I, and he heard <laughs> Michael <laughs> Scott fucking what all if, the characters from Michael, Overwatch. Yeah, what if Michael Scott was balls deep in Bastion, the robot from Overwatch? Yeah, he's fucking the like the cowboy guy. So yeah, yeah. So you can you can have a metaverse experience. You can have an away day with your friends from the office in the office from the office. You could mm. you you could sit at Pam's I mean, this desk. This is the thing. We're, we're, like all with of the um, yeah, all, all of the uh, politics that were just it's time to go back to the office now. You have to go back to the office. We didn't realize that they were actually they actually meant the office from the office. You know, Dunder Mifflin or whatever. Oh, fuck. Uh, now I've just realized that we actually we she we have her some on my Mifflin yeah to I, to I Scott yeah we we there's actually some there's a fun potential here, which is that. But as we've established, Mark Zuckerberg will add things to the metaverse when he gets owned on Twitter about things from the metaverse looking like shit and then being like, yeah. why aren't there any legs? We could start yeah. getting people to tweet at him, oh, the, the, the metaverse needs monster dicks. Why are there no monster dicks? We could dicks? gin this up. It's so yeah. lame that no one in the metaverse has like a huge bulge. We could cyber bully Mark Zuckerberg very easily into... Allowing you to have a monster dick in the massive. I mean, I, I actually do have an idea, right? 
which is to <laughs> solve, solve a problem yeah. that Mark Zuckerberg actually has. Which is okay. to say, Mark... Yeah, not having a monster dick in the metaverse. If you are listening, uh, we see that your problem is that uh, people don't love your terrible thing enough and no one at your company mm. is using it. In fact, a lot of companies seem to be spending an enormous amount of money on this because they got, you know, um, uh, um, uh, sort of buffaloed uh, into doing it by this uh, stupid yeah. firm. Uh, here which, is, which will damage your like long-term credibility for the next thing. And here so and so. is yeah. our offer as an organization to you. It's that Facebook buys out the podcast. You, you buy the IP of the podcast, and then okay. you... Uh, bring us in to Facebook as our own department, and we will agree to uh, use the metaverse, or at least have the headsets on, for sure. not on ourselves, maybe, but activated and appearing signed in. We will agree to do that full time. And I, I, I support yeah. this. You know, I, I've often thought that when I'm doing this podcast, when I'm recording with my friends, what would really enhance it is if I was, you know, getting sucked from the back by all of the characters from Overwatch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and crucially, you have to pay enough money for the podcast that none of us have to ever work again. Yeah, that's true. Yes. We're talking yeah. tens of millions of dollars. Here. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah. So. Which is pocket change. And we've made this offer to other people. We've offered to live in the line yeah, yeah. on this basis. Um, we'll, we'll go live in Neom. Uh, yeah, we, we will become a Wahhabist podcast yeah. for the right price. <laughs> also, right. I'll tell you this. The one place I'm not willing to go is a sea pod. I won't move to a sea pod. Mm. It just seems dangerous. Yeah, I don't think it's safe. <laughs> Which is, and that, yeah. that's saying something when you're willing to move to Neom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I have one more small piece of... of of technology, or two more small pieces of technology news. Uh, one is Rivian, uh, electric truck company that we've discussed Wasn't many that times that before. Guy who was on the X Factor. <laughs> no, it was one of the American <laughs> gladiators. Um, mm. uh, or they, what were they called in the UK? Just gladiators. Yeah, just, yeah, just gladiators. gladiators. He's one of the in gladiators. America, they called them American gladiators. <laughs> yeah. No, don't worry, they're from here. They're not foreign gladiators. Yeah. Um, no, so Rivian, uh, uh, electric truck manufacturer, discussed previously previously on this show. Yeah, mo motors in the yeah. wheels, things of this nature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As as yeah. compared with, um, uh, uh, no, that's a different one. Uh, this is a this is a yet different electric uh, vehicle manufacturer okay. that seems to have encountered something of a boondoggle. Oh no! Well, Not a boondoggle in the electric so vehicle industry—they've made they're actually adding boondoggles to the metaverse. So they have mm. made thirteen thousand trucks so far, mostly for Amazon, which announced a partnership with them after they went public via SPAC, mm -hmm. uh, which is always the mark of a good company. Oh yeah, mark of a great mm -hmm. company. Well, yeah. um, they are being forced to recall a fraction of those vehicles. Uh huh. Ju Wait, just okay. over twelve. Thousand. Oh, so it's quite a big fraction, but nevertheless a fraction. <laughs> yeah, I'd say okay. it is. It is literally a fraction. It is a hefty fraction. It's twelve thirteenths, but that's hey. You know what that is? It's a fraction. I did math GCSE. It's a, yeah, it's not. A, it, it is a super majority, but it's not unanimous. You know, uh, there are, there were some dissenters. There's like the one Ruth Bader right, Ginsburg right. thousand vehicles. So, who so like, long no. as there is one Rivian truck that is not being recalled, the principle remains sound. Yeah, so um, this is, again, and also don't forget, right, that when this was announced, it was Amazon's big going green thing. And this is what's mm -hmm. allowing Amazon to say, hey, don't worry, if you're like a, a, an investor who cares about ESG or whatever, hey, you, look, we're, our, our whole We've... delivery fleet is electric vehicles. 
Well, we, we've spoken multiple times with a friend of the show, Paris Marx, about how an electric vehicle is not in itself a green choice necessarily, or certainly not as green as it's portrayed. One of the reasons that I think, this is sort of making Paris's point for them, is that, that um, you know, you might add to that is that if they don't work and you have to recall them and then fix them or replace them and then send them all out again, you're kind of duplicating a lot of the emissions of that process. Uh, but also, it's a way just to market that you're doing something and then you don't have to do it because you've already gotten the yeah, kudos for, for sure. doing it. And then you were like, oh, whoops, it turns out that it was it was magic beans. You, well, you're not going to get the same good press for like having a green fleet when you do a green fleet again. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like you, you, it's like double jeopardy. You can't you can't uh, be boosted on the same <laughs> news twice. Um, mm. So I just wanted to know that. And I want to note, and and this good transition. What are they, what are into, they being yeah. recalled for? That's what I want to know. Oh, it's uh, it's an internal fault with the seatbelt. Uh, it's just uh-huh. one of these things where um, weird, it- weird that they got through all the technical issues of you know getting starting from scratch of manufacturing ele- electric vehicles and making vehicles which I presume work perfectly. And the one bit they got wrong was the seatbelt, which is a bit of technology that's been pretty settled since the seventies. Ah, it's tricky though. I mean, you mm. know. I'd say it's got three points of attachment. It's Swedish in design, which uh-huh. I know is tricky. You ever tried to use those IKEA instructions? Oh, what the fuck's going on? There's a guy scratching his head on the phone. <laughs> it's difficult. <laughs> where's that guy? Yeah, where's I that guy? Never, yeah. Whenever I try to put together my, like, Ektorp, I yeah. can never find that guy. My Ektorp. <laughs> which yeah. is Swedish for uh, phone. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a sofa. I love, I love to buckle my seat boots. <laughs> actually, I think I, I actually have the Ektorp. So, so can we I'm, so, I'm so sorry <laughs> saying I actually have the actor. <laughs> I'm so sorry about your actor. He's been given three months to live with his actor. Like you're the phone being like, it's about my actor. Calling <laughs> all your ex-girlfriends and going, I'm sorry, I've recently been diagnosed with Ectorp. <laughs> you should probably get yourself tested. Yeah. yeah. Took a 40- I knew I shouldn't have sat on that sofa. <laughs> Took a 45-minute Ectorp test. That's right. And then you can sit on any yeah. sofa you want, but only for an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, so this is this is the last bit of um of of, of news. Uh which is uh well, well the last sorry, one more thing about uh meta. Nick Clegg appears to have been caught up in more hot water, involved in a bribery scandal. Yeah, he's been scandal. a naughty boy. Oh, no. yeah. he's, he, he is alleged to have accepted a bribe from OnlyFans. That's so funny. Which oh. is normally the opposite direction to the way that financial relationship yeah. works. They, with they the offered me some pussy. They said if I took this 45-minute <laughs> AIDS test, I could then uh, shag any woman. And those were their exact words for an hour and a half. <laughs> do I still have the Clegg drop? Yeah. I do. This wretched headset. <laughs> yeah. So effectively, what is, can, you, can yeah. you crop that to this wretched head? <laughs> <laughs> so effectively, right? Nick Clegg, who you may recall, has been like a lobbyist for uh, for Meta. Yeah. They, um, they they call me Mister Two Damn Tuition Fees. Yeah. Late of this patch. Yeah. Well, just um, it, it, essentially, just a a guy whose entire life in British politics. Yes, I'm aware he's made a lot of sort of a good financial uh, sort of situation for himself, but a guy whose entire career has just consisted of being a bitch is once again put into a situation where he is clearly a gigantic bitch. Essentially, Nick Clegg's career is uh, like very much the things that we say we would do for infinity money, except he's actually offered and takes them up on all of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, you'd swap with him, right? I mean, he's he's richer than God, he's got a hot wife, you know. (laughs) So rich, OnlyFans is paying me. It's like, Nick, uh, just retire. Write a bad book. Write a book that we can read on this podcast. Yeah. 
Please. Yes. Well, he wrote a book called Politics Between the Extremes, but it's not it's not like a, a fiction book with a storyline, you know? Yeah, that's a white book. That's an overgrown white paper. That's the not. Yeah. <laughs> it's just being like, yep, pretty boring politics. That's, <laughs> uh, that's the book well, I've so, written. So essentially, right, it's that um, uh, what they seem to be doing is, well, what they are accused of doing is taking a bribe from OnlyFans uh, to blacklist uh, other other others of their competitors online, and so a lawsuit was brought by a number of um, adult online entertainers who've alleged that Meta employees have basically like Dave Courtney class action. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say yeah. who have, and I'm quoting here: added their accounts and others linked to OnlyFans competitors to databases used by companies internationally to identify malware accounts and accounts linked to terrorism, which are like controlled by Meta. So. Yeah, you 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 know, work on a competitor to OnlyFans. You're on the no fly list now yeah. because of Nick. You're Clegg, a state sponsor insanely. of terrorism. Uh, yeah, you you are about to get killed by the Raytheon knife missile. Yeah, yeah, you're going you're going through security at the airport. You go through the uh, the metal detector and it goes off, and then suddenly they're all drawing their guns. And they're like, she's got a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. This is uh, this is me every time. This is my fear. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but it's just and you're like, do I? <laughs> you know, it's um, <laughs> wow. We talked right about yeah. uh, about about wow. Nick Clegg, right? What wow. and I, I can't These imagine hormones, really, dude. Right? I can't imagine. <laughs> Why did they give me the Owen Wilson pussy? <laughs> it's your pussy saying that, not you. This is, I'm, on a, I'm in a trans woman. That's that's crazy. <laughs> But I, but I can't be here between between your legs. You, you know, you're newlyweds. I love the sequel to yeah. Me, Myself, and Irene. <laughs> that was a Jim Carrey movie. Oh, Failure to Launch. Uh, no, that was Matthew McConaughey. Uh, you, me, and you, Dupree. me, and everyone we know. No, you, me, and Dupree. Yeah, that's the one. I got it in the fourth try. Just striking out perfectly as well. You, me, and Dat Poon. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great. That's a movie that could have been made that's in 2003. Like, yeah, that's, that's a movie that could have been written as like by Kate Hudson's Hussain. pussy. That, that's a pod that I would try and write and then not get into the text and writers program. Yeah, and she and she's like a lonely woman looking for love, and then he's like consoling her about her sex life, and he's like, "That guy wasn't so bad. He no. had a nice dick. So. You know, you're, you're being hard on yourself." Yeah, uh, so the again, Owen Wilson scene. Trademark, you can't make it. <laughs> Owen Wilson is a trash future property. Uh -huh. He's attached. <laughs> we own the IP. Uh -huh. Don't try and remake it with like Vince Vaughn or something. It's not going to work. It's not going to fly. No, we Don't try know. and make this movie with Timothée Chalamet and think you won't be served with a cease and desist <laughs> by the trash future legal department. Yeah. Nick the lawyer will be writing to you. Not Nick the accountant. Nick the lawyer. There's a different guy, also called Nick, real guy. He will be writing to you. <laughs> yes, our accountant and our lawyer are both called Nick. It's not a problem. He actually does look like a hard man as well. I remember seeing him on the Zoom screen. I was like, wow, that, that guy could like... With the what, Union that? Jack mug. Yeah, no, that guy, I would see that guy at like outside a bad club in like Essex and yeah. he would like beat the shit out of me. Don't, despite don't fuck with Nick the lawyer. He'll pursue you in the courts, but if that fails... <laughs> Can we please not, see him outside? Can we please not defame our lawyer? <laughs> it's the last guy you want to defame. <laughs> no, Nick the lawyer's great. We're not defaming Nick the lawyer. He'd, it's smash, your good with, fun. he'd smash your face with the Union Jack mug. <laughs> no, no, he won't. He, he absolutely won't. Won't. <laughs> He will not do that. He will He's behave in a professional way in accordance with the rules set down by the law society. That's what he'll do. <laughs> 
Um, oh boy! Everything else was a joke. He, no, he does look like a guy who would like say, "I'm above the law society." <laughs> Lo- looks like, crucially, isn't. I mean, I'm in the above the law society. <laughs> the spicy lawyer. Like, yeah, I guess you could use the regular law. He's like stubbing out a cigarette. I've kind of moved beyond that. <laughs> Once you've learned the rules, that's when you can break them, you know? Yeah. yeah. He's wearing like one diamond earring. He's <laughs> doing cross examination. He's just like, you know, he's just, just, just fucking chalking a pool cue the yeah, whole arrives time. Arrives on a motorbike, <laughs> wearing a leather jacket. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. We're going to move. We're going to move on. <laughs> we're going to move on. From our insanely hard lawyer. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Which is that. um. Uh, in, 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 I'm going to leave the, the Nick Clegg stuff, right? Because that was worth going into a little more, maybe later another time. But all I can say, right, is oh that... God, this is great, Nick the lawyer. <laughs> all I can say, right, is that Meta's defense at this point is once again to rely on the fact that Nick Clegg is a lifetime bitch because they yeah. said basically, mm-hmm. look, even these court documents show that we're protected because... We're now going to claim that our employees acted without our knowing, which they're throwing Nick Clegg under the bus. Uh, it's see, well, that's what under it would the, seem. Uh, they're throwing Nick Clegg under the bang bus, under the meta bus. <laughs> yeah, that's what it would seem, right? They say in, uh, that Nick Clegg is being pushed in front of a fake taxi <laughs> by Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> refu- and you think this is funny? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Mark Zuckerberg's using his legs. He's pushing from the legs. <laughs> And that Meta's defense appears to be the following. If anything, the plaintiffs allege that these John Doe's, including Nick Clegg, went rogue by manipulating and corrupting automated processes and databases that Meta had established for the purposes of combating terrorism. Again, why does Facebook have that? Deploying these methods to attack competitors of an adult entertainment company and then attempting to cover their tracks to ensure Meta did not learn of their aberrant behavior. And that's the motion that Meta has put forward, suggesting that, as you have said, uh, they are going to push Nick Clegg. Throw them under the bank yes, bus. going to throw Nick Clegg under the bank bus. It's, it's a legal fallback position, yeah. but it's it's sort of, it, it, it must be embarrassing to be Nick Clegg and to know how disposable you are by having it sort of like displayed to you in those yeah. terms. Uh, again, very amusing. Also, why, why does like, he not th- this, quit? This guy didn't. He doesn't need yeah. to do that. He has so much money. No, that's because that's the thing. To these people, they want to capital B, capital I, be important. Yeah, plus it's an an excuse to like leverage connections which he has and like feel like he's operating in sort of the realm of governance and being an insider. He wants the monster dick. Is. He wants the monster dick. And he wants the monster dick. He wants That's to be the, the big monster swinging dick. I mean, he's tried to be capital yes. B, capital I, but what he's got is capital B, capital I, capital T, capital C, <laughs> capital H. <laughs> That's right, Nick Clegg. You are a certified bitch. That's right. Yeah, capital. Bitch. You are the uh, the donkey of the week. Um, but so, Owen Wilson's whispering to him from his butthole, going, "Nick, don't be so hard on yourself. It's tough out there. It's hard in the metaverse." The Owen Wilson, the Owen Wilson. You experience. only just got legs. <laughs> you only just got an ass, and that's why they gave you this Owen Wilson ass to motivate you. You know, because you're being down on yourself, but you need to, you need to buck up. Okay, 
You need to believe in yourself. Sort of more of a Jordan Peterson. You got me in your... No, Jordan Peterson <laughs> is more... He has the kind of constant up. background drone like a bagpipe. He never <laughs> truly stops emitting noise the entire time that he's talking like an idling diesel engine. Okay, I want to move on to the UK stuff and then I want to do the reading. And the UK stuff is uh, Klarna. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. well, Klarna. Yeah, Klarna. You remember Klarna, right? That company oh, is doing yeah, pay, pay super well. Super well, Klarna mm. is doing. Uh, well, the situation in the UK overall, as a barometer of the UK's financial health, uh-huh. I think you can look at what is Klarna available to purchase. Um, mm. And once oh, anything, literally once, anything. Once you get to a Deliveroo, then you know that the UK has some uh, intractable structural problems. When you're being asked to hmm. finance a kebab. What well, wasn't it Liz Trust that was really like a few years ago was valorizing like the whole like delivery freedom fighter mm-hmm. thing. I didn't think it included Klarna, but it was something else, wasn't it? Airbnb being uh, Ubering, delivering freedom fighters. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. she's just get, she's getting the world that she wants, right? Yeah. We're all we're all like, you know, liberated and we are all yeah, we're all liberated from uh Money. The, the, yeah, from supermarkets, uh by now being able to uh take out high interest loans to buy food. Now, I'm just a a simple country colonel, but it seems to me that the business model of a company such as Klarna uh, was was at least coherent when you were using it to uh, pay off a pair of shoes, for example, over a course of three months on the assumption that a a regular shoe consumer would only be purchasing shoes perhaps once every six months, such that every time one bought a pair of shoes, the previous pair of shoes had been duly paid off. However, if one applies this model of financing to something such as a a donor kebab, (laughs) it would would seem to me that uh, the regularity with which someone purchases such an Item would perhaps not be cohesive with uh, the terms of payment on that thing, such as one would surely become trapped in a cycle of debt, which would become <laughs> inescapable in quite a short period of time. I, I presume there's some kind of uh, safeguard uh, in place to uh, avoid this being visited on some of the most uh, I- impecunious uh, members of society. Colonel Acaster, I'm so sorry to say this, but no, it's just more things can be. I guess it's, this isn't the first. There's no kebab rationing. Well, because this. this isn't the first time you've been able to buy Deliveroo on credit, mm. right? You can attach Deliveroo to a PayPal or a credit card or whatever. It's just that all of this buy now, pay later stuff is designed to entice you to start using it. It's designed mm. to. Yeah, so, not, you're yeah. not on Deliveroo having it advertised to you like, hey, you could pay this kebab off with a low interest loan over the next six months. Yeah. Uh, and but to be clear, it, they don't charge a, an interest rate, right? It's not a high interest loan, but the key, the problem is you can very much get sucked into depending. Just so on you it. don't pay with money. Yeah. And I mean, this is I think a sort well, of except you very yeah, much you do. Very much do charge the retailer, don't they? They yeah, don't charge exactly. the consumer. But yeah, because the thing about cre- credit is that credit exists for the well, consumer credit exists for the same purpose everywhere. And most small forms of credit, regardless of whether you want to call it micro lending or whatever, or you call it buy now, pay later, it exists for the purpose of consumption smoothing, which means that people have a certain thing, amount of things they need to consume and then a certain amount of income that they have. And those two don't always match up. And so the extension of things like consumer credit just basically bridges that gap um, so that you don't always have to be, let's say, be prepared for every expense that you'll, that you'll face. And so anytime credit seeps into structurally another part of the economy, that means almost definitionally that there are people who are unable to access 
that ex- they were unable to bear that expense right now. But mm. uh, and that the the whole premise only works if they can then bear it later. Well, this goes back to our. Uh, I believe that's what the colonel was hinting at. Um, the in slightly more uh, old timey language. Um, the uh, it goes back to our the episode we did with Gary, where we were talking about how you know since two thousand and eight, basically everyone apart from the rich has gotten poorer, but that that's been smoothed out by just throwing loads of debt into the equation, so that kind of people's living standards have been maintained, but they're now just in more debt. They have the same amount of stuff, but they owe more money to people, and now they're doing that, but for kebabs. Yeah, exactly. Mm, that's great. right. I, I personally, I would like Klarna to uh, package up and securitize the kebab uh, obligations. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That we could, you know, <laughs> into tranches of like the really good meat at yeah. the top, and then you've got that, like that triple B shit down the bottom, <laughs> where it's like the really do- like the stuff that like it's supposed to be lamb, but it looks kind of like dog food. Like you're not really like it yeah. might have salmonella in it. Yeah, absolutely, perfect. Mm. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna. We're, what if we did that? We could. We wanted to diversify. We could maybe yeah, offer collateralized kebab yeah. obligations. Let's yeah. do it. Okay, okay uh, don't worry about it. Um, the <laughs> what, <laughs> what I'm enjoying is that the British economy it's feeling collateralized with a K there. Yeah, just routinely um, just looks. Wait, sorry, at you. would it be cobligations? What's the third letter? <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. Um, is that the British economy just routinely turns to you and goes like, "You're eating a kebab, aren't you? What more do you want?" The security that you'll be able to pay for it later? Come on. What do you want? Another kebab later? Just eat your fucking kebab and shut up. (laughs) Well, Mm. because this sort of brings us, I think, into the economy bit as well, right? Which is that uh, the Bank of England has uh, quite a bit to say about this as well, which is essentially... QE for kebabs. Well, no, that's that's just the thing. There's been too much QE for kebabs. (laughs) Kebabulative easing. (laughs) There's been too much kebabulative easing. And now there's kebab... Flooding the economy with free kebabs. (laughs) (laughs) Kathy Kathy Wood's getting what she wanted. The Bank of England is writing her a blank check for as many chicken donor boxes as she wants. So what essentially the the Bank of England is doing is it's choosing to end the liquidity mechanism it has for pension funds. Okay, uh, that's and, and good. other market purchase. No, no. Oh, no, it's bad. Oh no, no. Oh, I'm afraid. Remember, the liquidity mechanism was the only thing left. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. I'm afraid we're down to one Jenga block. Yeah, well, I guess you know they like, can't knock no, the tower over like, at that pull- point. No, exactly. It's just one block sitting on a table that we're just pulling out. So great. Ba- just to catch everyone up as to what happened, right? Uh, After the mini-budget, there was this enormous gap between taxation and and spending uh, that was going to be plugged with sort of, you know, more and endless borrowing in a higher-rate environment by the Conservative Party, who were basically promising to never invest any of what they borrowed, ever, under any circumstances. Which is how you run a government like a business. Well, yeah, well, you just give it to big companies and then uh, trickle-down economics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, and so then, Mm. and this, if you recall, caused um, yields to go up, the prices of bonds to crash. Uh, and then a bunch of pension funds, which had been lending and borrowing against those bonds, to all of a sudden need to sell a lot of them to make margin so that they could basically keep their loans up. And um, that by selling them... Yeah, and, and sell them to private equity. But also by them. selling them at a low rate, they reduce the value of the rest of their book further, which means they need to make more margin, which means they need to sell more, and it creates a spiral. Um, and... As seen in every finance movie ever, because this is the only time these markets ever get interesting, and the only time they get movies made about <laughs> Correct. them. Correct. Uh, so this is this is sort of where we were, and the Bank of England has st- had stepped in and said, "Look, we're going to set a floor pl- a floor price for gilts. 
we're going to just we have a liquidity facility that we're just going to buy a lot so we can yeah we're, we're, we are yeah. going to be firefighters yeah. we're, this thing is on fire we're going to show up in a big red truck we're going to spray it with here's lotus. the problem however uh which is that no one can know that we're doing it <laughs> yeah that's we are we are undercover firefighters <laughs> they're firefighters but they have to make it look like an accident you know, yes. Wow, with the big yeah. fire truck that says BOE on the side, and it's like, wow, we're the uh, the British uh, overseas electricity company. <laughs> yeah, wow. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not spraying. I'm not spraying water <laughs> on this fire. This is ethanol. No one would uh, question the source of the firefighters who are putting out this here fire uh, out of a sense of a communitarian goodwill. I more think it's just like a guy, like they're they're firefighters, but they have to like all make it look like they arrived at the scene of the blaze like by a coincidence, and then like they're watering the garden, but they keep missing. You know, like oh my uh, god, yeah. we're putting out this fire by accident. Oh, crazy! So they're an improv group. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, I'm I'm looking for uh, for an idea. Uh, uh, guilt prices. <laughs> the uh, British government is doing a lot of improv right now. <laughs> yeah. Did we say that? No, that was an audience suggestion. I think <laughs> actually, what we're gonna do. Yeah, they were like, uh, okay, okay. Here's here. I'm what I'm hearing is cut all the taxes, and then the audience went no. And they were like, uh, okay, um, give me a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so essentially right, what has happened is that um, the Bank of England then realized, oh, shit, we, everyone's rumbled us that we're fighting this fire because what the bank <laughs> cannot be seen to do is just- Soap, we've been made. But in, 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 the, in the sort of world of international finance, taking it like on its own terms, what the bank cannot be mm. seen to do is interact directly with government. It can't be seen to- try and fix the government's problems it can't respond to fiscal policy basically it has to it has a, a very small number of mandates which is a, ensuring that there is a functional financial system and ensuring that inflation is controlled like the actual things the central bank is supposed to do yeah. It's pretty small. It's quite a lot like, uh, you know, when you when your dad is a British newspaper columnist and you've got a British newspaper column, what you have to do is like change your surname or something. So it's yeah. not obvious mm. that that's how you got that yeah. job. So, you know, you got so, to kind of keep it secret. So they but they have those two roles. And they if they are seen to be responding to fiscal events, then it reduces their credibility, which means, right, that investors will be kind of cagey about investing in British bonds or investing in the British economy because they're concerned that the currency will fluctuate wildly to accommodate the wishes of the government, right? So the idea is that by maintaining central bank independence, government spending is um, sort of is subservient to international capital markets, right? And again, this is also why, like, as much as it's fun to crow about how, like, much they've fucked up, like, the Bank of England fundamentally, like, it serves those those interests, right? It's a technocratic institution serving those interests. It doesn't serve the interests of the British people, really. Not in any major way, unless you're a hedge fund owner, certain hedge fund owners. And so basically, so this is, so essentially, because it was seen as being, or it's concerned that it's being seen as not credible, meaning responding to fiscal events rather than just maintaining its mandate of low inflation, um, it, it, uh, it has price stability, rather, uh, and then causing recessions if anything ever gets a little bit too hot. Uh, the other thing that it does just pushes the big recession button um, is that it's saying, okay, pension funds that were nearly wiped out by this thing, other major institutions, you have three days to get your house in order, which was two business days after, before rather this podcast came out. So we'll see how it went or if they, because what's happening at this point 
is a well, sort the, of the, the bank is now briefing against itself, <laughs> which is the funniest thing. Like a couple of these guys with trench coats on over their firefighter uniforms are like, "We're getting back in the truck and we're leaving." Also, we were never here. And then a couple more of them are like, don't listen to these fucking idiots, we're going to have to keep spraying this totally ethanol on this fire. <laughs> um, so, essentially, what's... Uh well, they are spraying water on the fire, to be fair. The ethanol came from the pension no, 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 funds. They're, yeah. they're, they're lying that oh, it is oh, ethanol okay, in order to preserve gotcha. their cover okay. as undercover fire. Under, understood, uh, yes. Why, why? We're actually undercover arsonists. <laughs> no, we're overcover arsonists. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> it would be very funny to see a fire truck with arson on it instead of fire. <clears throat> undercover fire truck. Yeah. So this is that's that's the situation, UTF right? UTF shirt, perhaps. Uh, I, think I mean, look, if you, if you recorded footage of uh, a fire truck putting out a fire, say on the uh, the security camera system of the Saudi embassy in Washington <laughs> DC, it might very well look like it was actually starting a fire. Uh, so, but but basically, right? What's the the only functional arm of the British government left that isn't? When I don't say subsumed with politics, I mean like subsumed with party politics, right? That isn't completely subservient to the whims of the specifically one faction of the Conservative Party, or more specifically, completely subservient to the kind of manias of the Telegraph uh, and Times and so yeah, on. Because right? international capital markets, they obviously have politics, but it's kind of like irrational politics. Like it makes yeah. sense on its own terms. It's yeah. not like but in the, what so Liz Truss is doing. <laughs> so in, in this case, but in this, so what's happening, right, is that. Uh, one slice of capital, which is represented at this point now by the Bank of England, it was represented in party politics by like the Rishi Sunak camp of the Tory party. It's now best represented by Keir Starmer and the Bank of England um, are now essentially on playing a game of chicken uh where they're each driving trucks at one another, the Bank of yeah, England undercover and, fire trucks. Yeah, <laughs> the Bank of England and uh, the sort of rest of the British government, which has been sort of you know hijacked in this way. Um, and in the middle of that game of chicken is your pension, and if you have one, hmm. and your mortgage uh -oh. if you have one, or your <laughs> landlord's mortgage, which means your rent. Uh, that's all in the middle of these two trucks who are now basically playing a game of chicken over who gets to control the British economy. They've left the firefighting business. The house is still very much on fire, but maybe the leaving the firefighting business is just a fake out. Uh, maybe mm. the government will decide to stop the fire, but they've said that they're not going to stop the fire, even though, uh, Alice, as you said, Kwasi Kwarteng's has spent the last, like, 48 hours. Oh, they, yeah. they, they, they took a, he, he, he Kwasi has been to the IMF in Washington, where he has spent the last however many hours getting his dick and balls hit with a knotted rope by Le Chiffre. Um, yeah, they're remaking Salo at the IMF right now. Yeah. Manja. He's just going to check out uh, this very nice restaurant called uh, uh, Comet Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's gone to check out the restaurant from your um, from your. your oh strip, yeah, well, yeah, yeah Comet well, Pizza. So I yeah. thought mm. when the government today hinting that they might walk all of this stuff back when Quasi Kwarteng returns from being tortured. I think it's. I think at this point they like, were, and then he came back and said that he wouldn't. Yeah, that, and that's uh. why. And that's why. Like, I, I don't even care to to speculate about any of this stuff because all of these people are constantly backstabbing and betraying. It's 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 like a, a sort of it's like a reality TV situation at this point, and so they'll have, they'll have been four different backstabs, reversals, U turns, betrayals, and denunciations and so on by the time this comes out quasi the situation quarteng tino yeah and, it, and it's getting faster every time because a, a week ago people were saying uh you know liz truss will be out by christmas now they're saying out by next month so uh, who's to say 
and the thing Matt is Hancock Endgame, baby. Yeah. But the, the Tories, but the Tories <laughs> can't get rid of her, right? It's like too soon. They can all they, they can, can do whatever they want because the 1922 committee can just change the rules. Oh yeah, I guess mm. yeah. more like the 1984 committee. Am yeah, I that, right? In my <laughs> opinion, I would say that is right. <laughs> um, right, but it, we, and the other thing, right, is all of this boils down to as well. That, that's, that they continue to be in this impossible situation of promising more spending cuts when like, but th- like not promising spending cuts to anything anyone cares about. So like, no, we're not going to cut the NHS, even though, again, they'll probably just like not upgrade it in line with inflation, which is, in fact, a huge cut um, mm-hmm. or just even not funding it way more when there's greater demand on its services is, in effect, a huge cut. There are lots of ways to cut it without cutting it, and they might just have to do that uh, anyway. But they've all they've promised no cuts, which is kind of insane because they said there were going to be cuts. I don't know. Yeah, and it, um, it, it's led to some weird situations, like that 1922 committee meeting, uh, which led to sort of a backbench revolt demanding a higher corporation tax. Which yeah, we live. We truly do live in topsy turvy world. There's a backbench Tory <laughs> revolt about raising corporation tax. Like it is, it is a crazy. Like it does feel as though everything is getting dumber and faster. Like every new Tory prime minister has to leave in disgrace, but like an order of magnitude faster than the previous one. Like it's sooner or later, everyone will be a Tory prime minister, but for 15 minutes. I just, I just, lo- I love the idea that like these sort of like right wing theory guys finally sort of like got what they wanted and they like are just sort of losing their minds over the fact that like none of it is working like they've spent so long like imagining like their libertarian utopias are with like you know no age of consent rules like probably all those nights all those like years spent at the adam smith institute boat party are imagining what like the the sunlit uplands would look like and now they've been sort of left with this and i I don't know i just i just i every time i look at like certain sort of like right-wing theorists and how they're kind of responding to this moment it does kind of look like they are melting down and that is genuinely quite funny to me like in spite in spite of everything that's happening it is very funny like that they are sort of having massive dusting my hands being like well we kept this these dangerous extremists out (laughs) now it's time for us to institute some well-managed revolutionary policies uh, you know, and the boot is heading towards well, yeah, the rake well, on the ground. Well, they're, they're, well, their line is now either like, "Oh, we're not actually trying proper free marketeerism," or um, <laughs> which true is, free market economics has never been tried. Yeah, true, it's true, all state capitalism. True, true, true Hayek, true Hayekism, or um, it things fail. Yeah. It can only be fair. Or like right. you know, things would be worse under Corbyn, and oh. it's just like, well. There's oh, the third argument so as well, times. which I think is worth talking about. Which have have we talked about how the U.S. exports its inflation on this show? No, I can't. No, so, but it's it, it's one of the sort of yeah. fun perks of being. I see that's what all the sort currency. of like American snacks being imported into yeah. London contain. <laughs> uh, yeah, in all the American candy stores that are all tax dodges on Oxford Street. No, yeah, so this uh, is this know. is basically the, the U.S. government is working in partnership with the Albanian mafia to sell a lot of cocaine in London and then launder <laughs> that money through uh, candy shops. Uh, so basically, <laughs> one of the this and this is like the 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 um the government line currently. Which is that none of yeah, the this, current this economic, minute. none of the yeah exactly this as of this being recorded the government line as sort of espoused by Jacob Rees-Mogg and it might currently be the current government line again by the time you're listening to it but between now and then there will have been fifteen other government lines there'll, there'll have been a few yeah, yeah sort yeah. of I a think, sine wave I think there'll have been fifteen other government lines and then they'll probably text the guy who has the candy shop again. Yeah. yeah, this could mm. probably be. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this could be the uh, the same government line, but it's now being said by a different guy whose like shirt collar is undone and he looks like he hasn't slept. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> well, how this works, right, is that the U.S. 
Um, and this is like they're and they're saying that this this is accounting for more or less all of it, um, which is that look everywhere is in turmoil because the U.S. is experiencing inflation. But when the U.S. experiences inflation, what they do by putting up interest rates is they make U.S. dollar denominated commodities more expensive to purchase. Which means if you're buying oil, which is denominated in U.S. dollars, for example, then what happens is you have to borrow more in U.S. in U.S. currency, which creates current inflows from foreign currency into U.S. dollars, which is one of the reasons the U.S. dollar is so strong right now. Yeah, it's, so, it's a great move, and it's something you can only do in sort of a unipolar world economy. It is taking out your enormous superpower monster dick yeah. on the table. <laughs> I'm really um, looking forward to Britain being like, so when we were in Zanzibar for our honeymoon, like, um, very, you, you can use Zanzibari currency in most places, but they prefer having U.S. dollars. So we found that we were spending more stuff, and this was just like to buy like groceries and everything uh, in U.S. dollars than in uh, like yeah than in Zanzibari money. And I, I'm looking forward to being able to do that in the UK, like to yeah. buy a big to buy a normal loaf of King's Mill with like a big fat Benjamin. Um, oh, you think you'll be able like- to buy a loaf of Kings? You're gonna have to Wait, finance that. Mess Big Fat Benjamin is a guy who owns the American candy store in Erith, um, where it sells eggs for some reason. Not not a price to be seen. Um, so essentially, right? This, the, but that's that's how that's the fundamentals of, of the relationship, right? Is that the the U.S. experiences high inflation, it can raise interest rates and export that inflation out of the out out of the country, thereby. Deflating the currency, yeah, t- towing it out of the environment. Yeah, they, they, basically, what it does is it is it, is it sort of fucks everyone else yeah. uh, in order to preserve price stability. The US, the US is a big wow. NOS canister. I, I don't know if that that these contradictions of the imperial core can be sent <laughs> to some kind of imperial periphery. <laughs> well, in, this, in this case, I mean, everyone's the imperial periphery. <laughs> yeah, well, I, that is basically how the US operates. Yeah. yeah. So, any case. Uh, so that that's the argument, right? Which is none of this is local. In fact, the markets are really are really pleased about what we're doing. But um, what we're experiencing is the U.S. exporting inflation, which is yeah. Again, this this is a yeah. lie. Yeah. Well, it's it's, 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 it's I would say it's it's not a lie in the sense that like when I jump up and down, like the rotation of the Earth does alter a little bit. But oh, that's sure, not yeah. what's doing most. They're of continually it. downgrading the British economic, uh, Britain's economic future, but they're shaking their heads because they actually agree with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, poor Britain. Um, so uh, uh, that, that's why it's bullshit. But I mean, what are the other sort of uh, sort of canards they're seeing come out of this? Is something that we saw a lot in the Corbyn years, which is, oh well, it looks like that no party should be able to choose its own leader. It should be MPs only, because this is this would never have happened if we'd had Rishi Sunak. In fact. The Corbyn thing would never have happened if we had, you know, um, Owen Smith chosen by MPs. And yeah, so because on. if we'd have had been... Rishi Sunak, we'd have had managed decline. None of this unmanaged decline. Unfed- <laughs> we want fettered decline. We want decline we can predict. That, it, it, literally, yes, that is. Yeah. Um, and, and I think also this, there, it's, it comes back to this, I think, extraordinarily anti-democratic um, uh, impulse. In the UK, which is because what because what think people like Truss and Cor- the only thing that Truss and Corbyn have in common with them is that they both were produced by a system that massively alienates people from it who have one very occasional way to influence how it goes, which mm. is by voting. And so and so essentially by by removing the kind of management layer from democracy You've allowed two very alienated groups, alienated in different ways. Some might say the alienation of one is more productive than the other, if you, if you get my meaning. You know, um, one's alienation tends to 
sort of madness of fascism, the, the other is alienation like, yeah, tends to like volunteer know, border guards, yeah, versus, things of that nature. But yeah. but and so the and so the solution, of course, the only solution that British political system can conceive of is well, the problem comes from the fact that there's one little hole by by through which like some amount of limited democracy can enter this extremely shitty and alienating system. Yeah. And, it's and it sounds like Owen Wilson. <laughs> it sounds like Owen everyone, Wilson. Everyone's shoving all this democracy through me. I mean, this is, I've been unemployed for years. This is, this, wow. I can't, I can't handle all these votes. Owen Wilson isn't unemployed. No, no, his character oh, would have been okay. unemployed oh, yes. for years. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Oh, so I haven't seen enough Owen yeah, no, Wilson movies. he works movie. at oh. Shoe Zone. Oh, so, sorry. So, it's, it's not Owen Wilson is, it's Owen Wilson as. Okay, so he's not playing himself. He's playing the democracy hole. Mm. <laughs> uh, okay. Can, can we please call this episode Kebabulative Easing? Of course we can. laughing about yeah. Of course we can. <laughs> All right. Anyway, look, that's that's all. Like, I don't want to talk too much about the specifics because, as we've said, they're going to change so much. But just reflecting. Yeah, I'll on... watch the movie instead. Yeah. Like when, when Jeremy Irons <laughs> flies into the Bank of England and starts reading Lolita. Yeah. I, yeah I, oh, no, when Jer- right. Jeremy Irons flies a plane into the Bank of England <laughs> <laughs> and then starts reading Lolita, starring yeah. Owen Wilson as Quasi Quasi. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know. I just wanted to lower the corporation tax. People said that was crazy, but I said, guys, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta believe it can be done. And and, and, and the, so one last thing before we go to the to the article, right? Is there the the argument put forth by in the Telegraph by like Alistair Heath, who's sort of very quickly becoming the main guy of Trustonomics, um, mm. is basically that. We had this huge problem, which was low interest rates that created a zombie economy. And Liz Trust is basically doing shock therapy to sort of make Liz, that Liz all Trust go away. Liz has, Trust has shot that zombie in the head yeah. with yeah, a yeah. shotgun. She's put that big rubber gum shield in the mouth of the economy, and she's putting, like, two cattle stunners to its temples and, yeah. like, just hoping for the best. <laughs> and she's Yeah, she's lobotomizing and, the country, and I support yeah. that. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, right, like... That's not again. That's not wrong. Like this was not a sustainable position, but the problem wasn't that there were like low interest rates. It's that we were set up in such a way that those went to like massively inflate the value of a bunch of like stupid apps, right? Hmm. So if only that was something we discussed on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, so effectively, right? The 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 argument from the trustonomics boosters uh, is that um, is is that look, this needed to happen. And yeah, I think you could argue that yeah, like this one of the reasons that like everything is so shitty and unaffordable. In fact, as we talked about with Gary, is that this low rate environment basically made stuff like housing unaffordable because the only way you could get housing was to get credit. The only way to get credit was to have money, and so on and so on. But the, what? But but the the thing about a shock is that a shock benefits whoever's in power at the time of the shock because they get to rebuild after the shock. They get to. You know, they get to decide where the boat is going to go after it gets hit. And so, mm. even if, like... And Liz Truss has gone with the Marianas Trench. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, right, like, the, the people who are saying, oh, this is necessary, still have no way to account for the fact that, okay, well, it might have been, in, um, uh, 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 it might have been, um, let's say, creating a zombie economy, but they never contend with the way it was done the problem wasn't just the interest rate. The problem was how it was all set up. And finally, they never contend with the fact that they want to create, make it sort of much worse. 
Uh, so mm-hmm. that's how you can dismiss that out of hand should it become necessary. If you meet your British uncle at the Thanksgiving table in a couple of weeks. That's right. Yeah. If you're an American with a British uncle, yeah. we've got a toolkit for you. You can buy it from our website. That's right. You show that uncle. Yeah, it contains a big cattle stunner <laughs> and one of those little rubber gum shield things. So, now, how would you like some shock therapy, uncle? I'm going to read an <laughs> Sign article. this waiver. I'm going to read an article now. <laughs> Telegraph columnist Robert Taylor, a man who looks like an, a haunted baby. He looks like someone who would work at Mark Corrigan's like loan company in like one of the middle seasons of Peep Show and would be someone that Mark Corrigan would hate. He keeps saying things like Yeah, and that's what the metaverse is. We cannot shake any birds. <laughs> here is here's the the beginning of the article. We need another war, an elderly le- relative used to insist in nineteen seventies. <laughs> now, this no, this is doing it's doing the thing. It's doing the, the conservative article thing. Mm. Where watch this. Even as a child, I found this idea puzzling. Well, yes, a war would sort them out, I thought. It would definitely do that, but it would also involve mass human slaughter, you mad old fool. Again, yeah. end the article. Yeah. yeah. What, sure. what, you know what? Short and sweet. Also, we, we, the, the, there, is, there is a war in Europe right now. We've got like, well, if we all shoot ourselves in the head, this economy stuff will no longer be a problem. Like, I guess. Technically, you could say that. <laughs> we could really reduce the pressures on, like, consumption. That'd be good for the NHS. Yeah. <laughs> Yet here I am. <laughs> Wasting times right it the says, fuck down. And then he goes, yeah. well, except for self-inflicted gunshot wounds. Those would be, they would quite create quite the backlog. I, I assume you yeah, triage those the ambulance those service quickly, would be pretty busy for a bit, but the, I think most of those people are making it to A&E. I think they're getting pronounced dead at the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for sure, and it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, this is the shock doctrine. It gets worse so, before it gets better, so, right? Anyway, um, remember the last line of that first paragraph. It would involve mass human slaughter, you mad old fool. Yet here I am thinking along similar lines half a century later. Ah, oh, you've become a mad old fool. Pretty easy bit of uh, analysis of the syllogism there you can do. Uh, not to be Socrates about it, but what do you notice about this situation, Robert? <laughs> he says, not about war. I'm not that callous, but impending blackouts, maybe. There's something nicer yeah. than, than war, like impending says, blackouts. Says, okay. First, to be clear, blackouts are an appalling prospect for the elderly and vulnerable. End the now, article. Skip, you know I am sensitive to the Holocaust. <laughs> but. <laughs> things of that nature. The winter the, the winter's yeah, going exactly. to be hard enough without your home power being cut with just a few hours' notice, especially if it's a cold mm. one like those, and then this is a strange adjective, sadistic long-range forecasts, say. Sadistic forecasts? Mm. Are they sadistic, Robert, or are they accurate? <laughs> uh, that's why the government and National Grid will do everything to prevent such a calamity. I hope that they succeed. Well, the National Grid will. <laughs> I have a lot of doubt that the government will. <laughs> but what if they don't? What if we get blackouts? Could there be a bright side to the darkness? Uh, Blitz Spirit. Are we going to no, do Blitz the other Spirit? One. Is that going to be the bright side? Oh, is we're going to have like a, a secret orgy where you don't know. It's, it's just it's just bodies touching each other. You have got no idea who else is even mm, there. Yeah, could be could be could be anyone. Could be anyone. Yeah, you don't even know that she's your aunt. When it, but if it's a blackout, technically you're not legally culpable. So. Uh, so as it happens, some of my earliest memories are of the blackouts caused by the miners' strike. Remember how the miners' strike caused those blackouts? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, famous for it. Because Arthur Scargill went on TV and said, "It's good that you don't have electricity, little child, Robert Taylor, because <laughs> one day you're going to grow up and you're going to like formulate a, a theory about this that's going to lead us to a better." This would be a character building experience for you, Robert. <laughs> the it's weird. TV used to be really specific back then. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, there yeah. were less people around. They could afford to like, yeah, like you know address. Like Arthur Scargill could address each child by name. I, I'm starting to think Arthur Scargill mm. wasn't even Welsh. I made him sound Welsh there. Right in. Yeah. Uh, and the oil crisis in 73. Children like me found it fun to huddle around a family candle. <laughs> one <laughs> family candle. You only had one candle in the 70s, didn't you? Because times were hard. Not now. These millennials got as many candles as they're probably from Joe Malone or something. You know, one of these... One of these homosexual candles that <laughs> smells like like b uh, beach vanilla or something. No, back in the day, you had one candle and it, it smelled of beef tallow, and you'd sit around, wouldn't you? And you'd use that candle to read Tantano Kong. Because <laughs> yeah. we used to have a real country. <laughs> what the fuck is this, Phil Dubois? <laughs> yeah, it's like the one candle's just like a seven liter diptyque candle. <laughs> Yeah, it's, like, it's in a painting. <laughs> that's why you can only have one. Yeah, still paying off my candle. Um, so, children like me found it fun to huddle around a family candle, eating sandwiches when the cooker didn't work, and to edge gingerly through the house in complete blackness when the lights went. Okay. Oh, I love. I, I loved. He loves edging. That's <laughs> what I'm getting from this article. Mm. I, I I loved. Yeah, it's just like, oh, is it? Wasn't it great when like things were awful? And you had to, like, steal yourself to get through. You've mistaken stealing yourself, or more accurately, you've mistaken your parents stealing themselves to get through it and successfully making you feel better about a difficult situation with actually liking that situation. That's what you've done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because now, because of Woke, you know, he's feeling scared. You know, they were just out back in the day. But now, because of Woke, they have to be called blackouts. For inclusivity. <laughs> it was like an instant game of murder, which in those days we were allowed to play without our parents fearing we'd end up in Broadmoor. What? Sorry, that's a childhood game that's unfamiliar to me. I think also this is so inscrutable is it, is it to American like you actually kill one of your people? kids? There's a bunch of people listening to this in Pennsylvania right now going, what the fuck is Broadmoor? Oh god, I'm late for my job oh, at the Secret oh, Service. Yeah, that's right. Murder um, game. It's like one of these things where you're like in a dark yeah, they're room. they're all and playing Manhunt on PlayStation 2. It's like a form of tag, <laughs> I think. Uh, anyway. Is it like wink murder? Is that what he means? So, and it certainly engendered a community spirit. Different postcodes lost power at different times on different days. Oh, you couldn't even play fucking Mr. President these <laughs> days because of what Different postcodes lost power at different times and different days. We used to head over to relatives in another bit of Birmingham to get a hot meal. Then they'd come over to us. Oh, it's just like the war, my elderly relative would enthuse. Which you just said was bad! <laughs> you just said that it was it's not good, but everyone seemed to be liking it at the time. It also, crucially, wasn't like the war, because no one was being killed from the sky by Germans. <laughs> like, there were some of these elements did persist in the war, like, you know, blackouts and things of that nature, but also, stuff was exploding and on fire. That's a crucial difference. I can't help but feel like, like I feel as like the, the the boomer desire to imagine that they were basically in World War Two because there was a week in the seventies where the bins didn't get collected is remark as though as though that was the point of World War Two. Hitler was like, the English will not have their bins collected for ein Wochen, <laughs> or then they will come to my thinking. <laughs> um. 
So. The people of Coventry will rule the day that they ignored Adolf Hitler when the bins <laughs> are smelling quite bad. <laughs> we looked out for each other because we had to. Could that same sense of community togetherness be kindled today? No, it couldn't. <laughs> after after many decades of trying to deliberately destroy it, I don't know. Maybe, but like it was your lot who fucking well, I mean, did like, it in the first place. One of the best place. examples of that is just like during the lockdown. Like how many? Well, number one, like how many like mutual aid like networks is sort of collapsed within a few months. But also how like the yeah. kind of extent of social interactiveness was like your neighbor snitching on you for going for like a second walk. Yeah, their candle over there is too big. Hello, is that MI5? <laughs> their, their candle's too big. <laughs> They're hoarding candles next door. <laughs> can you send Can you send arm polit, preferably the parachute regiment, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think. Honestly, I know you haven't asked, but I think they should all be shot dead. No, I don't think you should even question them first. I think you should blow the door in and shoot them all in the head. That's, uh, that's just... I just think because they are violating, you know the camaraderie spirit <laughs> so here's here's the next paragraph just works out he's on the phone to the speaking clock <laughs> <laughs> and blackouts could be just the ticket to shake some of today's younger youngsters out of their sense of entitlement and self-righteousness entitlement to what robert what the fuck do multiple we have candle multiple we, candles we haven't got anything you have all the stuff what? What? Like it's just like oh, you know, you can go out and have toast, can't you? In a restaurant? Oh, you couldn't do that in the seventies. You know what you could do in the seventies, Robert? Buy a house for a fucking tenner. You dickhead. Man becomes so angry he begins to sound a bit like Liz Truss. That is a disgrace. It just they it's entire they live in an entirely imaginary they there is a metaverse that does exist and it does work. It's the conservative columnists have like a version of events in their head where like they are like these sort of like grubby bin men in flat caps who are there, you know, like, toiling away in in the authenticity mine or whatever. And then all of the children mm. in the country are all like driving around in gold cars and like having orgies or whatever and then complaining about it. Like I don't like, I just don't understand this reality that he thinks he lives in. He's got legs. Finally. Finally. Yeah, they've all they've all got legs. <laughs> uh, it says we well, didn't time, have legs in the 70s because it's a free day week. At a time when sensitive youngsters need counseling after watching Rod Little on Question Time. Yeah. Yeah, I told, I told, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, this was me. I actually needed some counseling yeah, I, I, after I, that because yeah, I was I, so I needed, owned. I needed counseling because I thought he, he looked too good. Well, the form of counseling that we did was we made mm. that pen and pixel album <laughs> cover of Rod Little <laughs> with the Lexus that? and the Rottweilers. find that again. Um, the horror of losing the means to power up their phones might jolt them back to reality. Oh, they're on their phones. So good. Oh, Rather than so being it, because you, you, your phone, your phone, of course, is a frippery, a bagatelle, not something that you know contains anything that you might use for work or your social Rather life. Rather than or... shivering and getting pneumonia and living in the moment next to your family candle, the youngsters, the woke youngsters, are too busy on their phones. Yeah, trying mm. to sign up for counselling mm. after having seen, you know, yeah. Rod Little do yeah, a fart on texting their time. therapist. Yeah. Um, and I mean, also, like, if there's anyone who's on their phone 24 hours a day, it's fucking Telegraph columnists. I mean, pull the other one. Like, these are the most deeply, like, online-brained people on Earth. Well, they, they're doing it so they can save everyone else from it. But I, I'm going to go on. 
Meanwhile, a blackout or two might de- demonstrate the naivety of the net zero agenda. Blah, blah, blah. No, mm-hmm. it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. If anything, our excessive reliance on fossil fuels is one of the major reasons we have ended up in this precise situation. If any of you cunts had allowed this to be taken seriously 10 years ago, what it fucking should have done, we could have built nuclear power stations and solar power and wind energy and we would have basically infinity free electricity. It is honestly remarkable that a bunch of people who claim to be capitalists for reasons of nothing other than they think doing environment stuff is gay managed to systematically prevent investment in arguably the most profitable venture since the dawn of the industrial revolution what the fuck are you talking about Milo you're so veiny in your forehead It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, there are, there are other things which I can allow on the basis that at least someone benefited from it. But in a meaningful way, no mm. one has really benefited from not investing in green energy. Because, like, other than, like, a few oil companies, like, it's such a profitable investment. Even on purely capitalist terms, there's no reason not to invest in this. It's such a great investment. Oh, but what if what if the the oil companies, what if those people are my friends and they're the ones in my office and They could have invested in it. I mean, yeah, anyway. What if the solar panels block the road and it means that people can't see my land road? Th- this is this mm. is my emotional support oil field. So, this is the last two paragraphs. I couldn't I couldn't skip any any of this article. Oh, just and, too good. Just all hits. And, all there's, and there's a bonk for Britain push. Uh, if you haven't heard, a Tory minister bonk, reported bonk, bonk, a bonk for Pink Ben. <laughs> yeah, it's a bonk for Brexit. Uh, reportedly told the Sun on Sunday last week that we must use tax cuts to encourage women to have babies instead literal, of declining birth rate. Literal fascism, uh, literal eugenics, but also um, we, we've just become Japan at this point. And I'm going to keep it real with you, 56th Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Liz Truss, this will not improve our declining birth rate. But also incredibly funny that they're trying to do this, like, quite overtly sort of fascistic thing but in a country that like just hates children also, they hate oh, their yeah. own children by the, like parents, the nature of this article weirdly. they hate parents they hate other people's children yeah. they hate immigrants children like you know there's like a big push right now although there, there's like some sort of push to be like yeah foreign students who are like pay like out of their ass to sort of go to British universities and like sustain like loads of British towns they also have to choose their favourite child to bring with them but not all of them like it is very funny to me that the whole like bong for Britain thing. Um, I don't know how legit it is, but it's, yeah, to me, it's well, very so funny that they're doing. It's a throwaway comment by a minister, which means that there's a fifty-fifty chance it's going to be either completely forgotten by the end of next week or a flagship policy. Yeah, bong bong for Britain actually was the title of that film Dave Courtney was in. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. That feels like weeks ago we discussed that. I know. Um, I said. Um, if that's the case, I suggest blackouts for baby making could be the tonic and could oh get the Tories gosh. leaping back up in the polls. There's no way I'd have sex with my wife with the lights on. <laughs> We're both repulsed by each other's naked form. That could actually be the only way to do it because it'd just be like cold and miserable sex. Mm. Um, probably does appeal to like quite a 
substantial percentage of British people. It's definitely going to be I cold mean, this winter. Uh, <laughs> it says, so might power cuts actually be a positive experience? Of course not. They'll be inconvenient and uncomfortable and for some dangerous. But if my elderly oh, right. relative could By the see, way, by the way, yeah. just quietly by stealth, admitting the probability of them happening. In the first yeah. paragraph, we were like, oh, I'm sure the government and the national grid will do something about this. By the time we're into the last paragraph, we're like, when this happens, as it <laughs> surely will. Well, because he's um, so because he's so motivated about owning the libs and like owning all the children in the UK, mm, but now he's just like, no, it must happen. It is a government like it is imperative on the government to like make the blackouts as long as and long as long and uncomfortable as possible. That's right. But if my elderly relative could see the bright side of two world wars, I did he live through both? Surely uh, not. <laughs> uh, well, maybe because it could have been. My, like, he's my, elderly. My, the guy could have been elderly. My grandfather grew oh, up he, a miner's son, kind of. He, as you know, he he didn't live through the First World War, but he saw the bright side of it, which is an element of his personality is <laughs> passed on. Yeah. Then I'm ready to see one or two well hidden, very well hidden benefits of otherwise in horrible enforced cold and darkness. Always look on the bright. Yeah. yeah. For so example, made, yeah, you know, yeah. the First World War. Like, look, did did hundreds of thousands of people get horrifically killed and maimed in some of the most barbaric conditions that have arguably ever been seen before or since sure but it also you know increased ultimately the availability of tinned corned beef so it's quite hard poems? to say if it was good or not say what you will about the say what you will about the world wars but uh none of the kids none of the people that were the young people that were sent to fight were on their phones they were just there living in the moment and i think that's kind mm. of beautiful well, the one i can't remember who it was there was usually a guy if you watch Band of Brothers, the documentary, there is a mm. guy who is very frequently on the phone, but it's like a whole backpack, so it's not right. in his pocket. Yeah. He's, he's got to like, yeah. carry it around. Yeah. On his field telephone. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, operator. Is that the speaking clock? Yes. <laughs> well, the trouble is, here in the front line, they're too woke. <laughs> uh, everyone is... Um, they're uh, constantly talking about pronouns and such yeah. like. I, 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 yeah, we, wait, we wanted to do Operation Market Garden properly, but they made us do our pronouns, and we all got shot from that sniper's yeah, was a pronoun. The commanding officer wants to be called ma'am. <laughs> and then that's that British right. officer wouldn't shoot that tank through the house because of woke orders about not destroying civilian property. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we we the, we've broken my cardinal rule of never really going for more than an hour. Uh, so we've gone for an hour and a half. It we've Dave Courtney did. <laughs> yeah, we've done. We've yeah. done a Dave we had a Courtney. forty-five minute AIDS test before the start of the recording. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I want to just say thank you all for listening to the podcast. And hey. See you tonight if you're some of the lucky people that bought tickets uh, to the live show. Um, yeah. Hey. Um, exciting. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, 25th of October, Cambridge. Still tickets available. That's see me. Um, yeah. Also, uh, Australia. Still tickets in Brisbane for the 8th of November. Still tickets for Britonology on the 19th of November in Melbourne. Still tickets to see me in Melbourne on the 21st of November. And really, hopefully, by the time this comes out, the tickets will be up for my stand-up in Brisbane and Sydney, which will be on the 23rd so and is, 24th. Is our show in Sydney now sold out? Uh, oh, actually, yeah, no, it isn't. You're right. Um, the, yeah, the, yeah, there's tickets for Sydney, which is the 10th. Mm. Yeah. But at this point, I can't imagine there are many And left. for Canberra also. Which oh, is Canberra, the yeah. Canberra, I know that there's like 10 left. Canberra is a, is a big venue in a small town, yeah. so you can probably still get tickets to that. But it was yeah. selling actually surprisingly well. Yeah, yeah. We were kind of doing it almost as a joke, but actually it's been very popular. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'll tell you, really, the reason we're going to Canberra is to see Andrew Law. Yeah. Like, that's mostly why we're going there, but, oh, you know. Want to have a very nice meal? With yep. our friend Andrew, we'll have a nice meal with our friend Andrew Law, and I guess we'll play good a show. Good afternoon, Andrew, but in person. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, anyway, that's a little bit of table talk for you, um, and we'll see you table talk with Riley. <laughs> we'll see you. Yeah, that's what that's what the extra half hour was. The extra half hour was table talk, an episode mm. of table talk. Yeah, a pilot of the new 
the new like hard like hardball late night chat show we're doing, kind of GB News type thing. Um. Anyway, uh, next week our guest will be George Galloway. So what, what's like? Jennifer? What's our kind of like ban to exit the? Uh, and we're going to be played out by the mystery jets, <laughs> <laughs> reaching into right. the sort of the landfill indie bin. That's all right, right. All right. So uh, we'll see you on the Patreon episode in a few days, uh, or we'll see you at the live show, or we'll see you at any number of upcoming live shows. We'll see you Bye, around. everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.